We're on a mission to set our own traditions here at Accounting High, and we need your help and feedback to do it. If you have a few minutes to spare, we would so appreciate it if you took our listener survey linked in the show notes of this episode. From the very beginning, back in 2020, I asked Tax Twitter, like, hey, what would you do? Would you go out on your own? Or uh, would you work for someone else for a guaranteed paycheck? And everyone was like, go on, go out on your own. Yeah, I owe it to Tax Twitter for for bringing me here. Like, that's the only reason I'm on this podcast. Circular 230. So damn good that I'm feeling kind of dirty. Big Brother gonna try the best to turn me. Or the halls of power gonna wanna try and burn me. Cause I'm the best in the biz. Internal revenue codes got a thousand loopholes. May I have your attention, please? Greetings, Accounting High. I am Frankie Scarina, your substitute for the front office lady. Are you interested in building your own accounting firm? Are you interested in building a following on social media? This episode had you covered it to both. This is a laid-back chat between Scott and the Tax Telegraph, Logan Grass CPA. They talk candidly about accounting firm ownership in the social media era. The social networks are a double-edged sword, but if played correctly, they can be a force for good. And speaking of force, they take turns playing Yoda and mentoring each other. You won't want to miss Logan's tips. I present Mentoring in the Accounting Multiverse. And listen close for an Easter egg from Scott's former employee turned rapper, Big Wave Dave. Are you interested in finding a pricing and proposal software built exclusively for accounting professionals? Well, you're in luck as we have a special shout out to an app we think you'll love. Scott's accounting firm, Paget MC, is on the hunt for a senior accountant. So if you're an accountant looking for a place that puts an emphasis on client communication and finds fulfillment in helping small business owners achieve their dreams, then shoot over your resume to jobs at pagetnc.com. Sit back, relax, and open your mind. Take class in the setting. I repeat, may I have your attention, please? This is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Accounting High. The views and events expressed here are of the next generation of accounting and tech professionals leading this space. The events and suggestions are not to be taken lightly. Children should not partake in the listening of this podcast. Anything else? Yeah. So without further ado, introducing the star of our show. Scott Scarano and Logan Graff. We're going to have a problem here. How's it going? What's up, Scott? Going good. From sons to... Accounting high, it's a high school. Yeah, we're uh, the sons are graduating middle school. We're and we're going to high school. <laughs> it's also that double entendre of um, high. You're high. You know. Yeah, I was going there first. I'm not then, high right now. Okay, actually, I've been. Uh, <laughs> I think the last time we met, I said I was trying to smoke less, smoke less, but be more intentional with it. Mm. Um, that whole 420 time frame mm-hmm. is ideal. I don't know who came mm. up with it or whose idea it was to not smoke until 420, but you can live a pretty productive life 
up until and I, <laughs> up until four twenty. Yeah. <laughs> After four twenty, all bets are off. That's when main productivity drops. Either way, you know, isn't it? In the afternoon, it's just might as well not even do anything. Yeah. Just quit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll be honest. When I used to spend a lot of time at the office and work, it's almost like I would get my second wind around that time mm. and I would just plow through the night sometimes mm -hmm. like doing tax returns or just trying to keep up with work because that's when all the meetings stopped. You know, mm. most meetings would end around that time and then that was the time that all the work had to get done. Mm -hmm. Oof. I was a hustler. Man, it's, it was... I remember those days, the early days when it was just, you know, basically where you're at now, right? Start with the basics, right? Mm -hmm. Are you the son of a CPA? I'm not. I'm the son of a college-less parents, so they were definitely not CPAs. All right. So what made you decide to get your master's in accounting? Like, why did you do this, of all things? Well, it's fitting that you're changing to accounting high because it started in high school. Ooh. And yeah, <laughs> uh, I had a teacher that really believed in me. I don't know. She put a, like, she kind of raised me up and I was in her accounting class and like chose, didn't choose me, but it's like, Hey, you know, you're decent at accounting. Do you want, do you want to join the accounting team? <laughs> high school, high school accounting team. She nominated me for like teen of the year. And so who knows if I was really supposed to be an accountant, but when someone like puts a lot of encouragement in you, like I think that's what a big reason why I chose accounting is because I had a great teacher that believed me, believed in me in accounting. And I, I loved, I loved how the balance sheet oh, this is gonna get super nerdy and, and no get as nerdy <laughs> oh my as gosh. you can as nerdy as you can that's what this <laughs> is all about <laughs> i loved how the balance sheet like tied out and you know the income statement would flow to the balance sheet and it was like a nice puzzle you know you could you could always solve it you know no matter what you're given you could solve the puzzle there's always a right answer and there's always, always the right that answer have to fit. Yeah, from an it's accounting not ambiguous. perspective. Yeah, there's no like, well, it could be this or it could be that. But you know, we, we can get into the tax stuff. Tax tax could get ambiguous sometimes too. So so you were the on the accounting team at Accounting High. <laughs> you basically started Accounting High. You're you're the OG of Accounting High. Um, Drive on Saturday morning to some school or wherever and take an accounting test. Sounds awesome, right? Well, you know, to a degree, there's a lot of, like, it's competitive in a way. Did you play sports, too? Yeah. 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 So, you know, this was a competitive sport, I guess. I mean, if you're, if you're competing, you can do, you know, physical sports, you can do mental sports, and you had the, you know, people who, who had the decathlons, or what, what are they called? Like, um, debate teams and stuff. This was your accounting team. Early days, when you see that you have promise in something, I mean, it's, most kids want to be a, an actor when you grow up. You want to be a policeman. You want to be a fireman, things like that. Nobody ever really says they want to be an accountant. I did when I was younger, but that was because my grandfather had a CPA firm, and I, I looked up to him. Hmm. So it was like, and my dad was a CPA. Like Oliver gives the example of hmm. some teacher thought he showed promise in the cello, and that's what he ended up doing hmm. for a 
to a large degree. You actually did something where you could make money. You, you chose a profession <laughs> that, that could be uh, profitable for you, right? Um, it's turning out to be so, so where far. Did you go to, where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Austin, Texas, and then I went to school at Texas Tech because they, they had a good business school, the Rawls College of Business. So going through college, you majored. Did you, did you basically stick with the same thing all the way through? I went in pretty much with the thought I was going to do accounting, and then I had no idea about taxes until maybe sophomore year when we took our first tax class. And then had a great tax teacher, professor, and then went went the tax rucks. You know, did you did you do college accounting, Scott? I did and didn't. So when I went to college, I majored in business. I was you know on track for that. Mm-hmm. Then I decided to start my own business. Um, I don't know if you if I have said this before, but I've started selling drugs. I, and I'm not proud of all of this, but most of my learning was happened in business in real life. And I did fairly well. I made mm-hmm. make very good money. I mean, it's a very profitable business there too. Mm-hmm. But I I got busted. I almost went to jail for ten years. But then I, I then I went back and did accounting. I went to a different college, finished up my degree, got got my degree in accounting. So it's almost like full circle back to what I thought I was gonna do in the first mm-hmm. place. I learned a lot on both sides of it, you know, from the accounting view and everything else. Did you do accounting for your business? I did, yes. I had I had some very good margins. I was selling three <laughs> options back then too, so it was like I you know, a lot of the a lot of the core aspects of business, I learned everything from other people and what others did and just kind of like, you know, you learn as you go doing certain things and Obviously, that wasn't the career choice, to, but you know how, mm-hmm. how kids are these days. They make mistakes. So, The best know. accounting firm owners are the ones that didn't take the traditional accounting route, college accounting route. I have the, the theory that accounts make horrible business owners because we're not business savvy and we're, we're normally introverted and... Mm-hmm don't value ourselves very well and so we price horribly and don't know how to say no and let's get into other things (laughs) yeah let's get into that because you're someone that i would i would have pegged you to be an introvert yet you're out there you're all over twitter you got a pretty large following on twitter and now you have your youtube channel i just rewatched your video so I've already seen it twice. The one that's Which got one? about twenty five hundred views. Oh, you know, the one. it's got twenty five hundred. Your numbers? I don't think it was like twenty four. About something like that. About there. That's yeah, awesome. There, it is. It is awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> so, and and you're you're fully transparent on everything. My initial comment was on the introvertedness. So, would you consider yourself an introvert? Definitely. Yeah, my online persona is it is an extension of myself but it's more of like a extreme version of myself. So like a caricature. So if, if I were to be my normal self online, I don't think anyone would care. I would just be like everyone else. But I, I think a reason why I have a decent Twitter following is because I am kind of extreme in certain some ways like very opinionated and outspoken 
which I can be in, in real life, but you know, my energy is completely drained if I'm around people all day and I'll, I'll need to like hide and be alone from everyone if I'm around people all day. But I, I, I don't know something about the internet. I, I love to post crazy things on the internet and you know, I don't do it for the reaction. I do it cause it's something I believe in, but, but if uh, you get a reaction, it's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people, so. people listen too when it's, when it's a little more extreme. So mm. you, when you go against the grain and you're different, so do you kind of lean in if you think something that's like most people would say, ah, you probably shouldn't post that. Is that when you think I definitely got to post that? Like if it's something that's against the grain almost? I will be, yeah, I'm not afraid if you haven't. So I like, you know, you saw that video. I'm not afraid of posting my numbers. The dancing video? Oh I my gosh, the dancing the dance, Is it the blinding lights one? Blinding lights. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. very, it's straight from TikTok. Yeah. Straight from TikTok. I was going to yeah. ask like where the idea came from. and Most of those like, are like TikTok inspired. Yeah. Especially cool. that dance. It's just like, I got to do something and get a reaction from people and entertain. Well, because I love making people laugh. And mm -hmm. so that's well, interesting too. It's like somebody that's an introvert, probably you probably weren't doing that stuff when it was in like in high school. All right, let's go back there. Were you doing things to get a rise? Were you like mostly quiet? And then all of a sudden you would say something and then everybody's going to get, get a laugh out of that. Was that, were you that introvert that would always somehow get a laugh? Yeah, like the sneaky, sneaky guy that would say something every once in a while, but generally didn't say much. Yeah, yeah. Say or do something, uh, you know, in, in the odd frame. So yeah, that 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 actually fits. That's pretty funny because I had a lot of friends like that too. We were, we could always count on them to do something very clever or very quick witted. But then otherwise, they were super silent or didn't really say much, kind of observing. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, would do something super funny. So uh, Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Middle school, uh, got bullied, picked on, and so I had no self-esteem. And then high school, I started to get some self-esteem. And then it wasn't really till after high school to where I got got more confidence Yeah, to be, yeah. To be more open. Uh, yeah. Do you find, do you attribute that to anybody? Did anybody, did you, did you take that away or did you just kind of just grow into your own? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. I, I do, I do kind of take some personalities with me as I go, uh, kind of, kind of latch on to certain people that I look up to and, and will latch on to them and kind of steal some of their charisma or something like that, or, or mm -hmm. trying to imitate them in a way if they're, if they do something that I like. The whole YouTube channel is probably because of Jason. Like the confidence is from Jason. Like if he never started a YouTube channel or never did his series mm -hmm. on making better video, I would not have. And I don't you, know. I'd be you where definitely I'd attribute him to spending over five grand on equipment. Yeah. Maybe it was over three grand. I forgot. It was number. probably, you know, when you add it all up, it's probably yeah between three and five. And then I'm I don't I don't know. I've been bitten by it, so I'm constantly looking at gear. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm getting close to buying a drone. Well, I was, that was that? my next question too, but you went, con <laughs> you went equipment first, then content. You reverse engineered yeah. it. <laughs> and the first vlog, I was like, I've got all this nice stuff, but I, I'm terrible <laughs> at like producing the content. So, so there were certain things you did on the first one that stuck with me. And it was, 
the sound of the keys. It was putting putting the keys in the ignition. It was like you standing by the car and then mm. driving five yards down the road into your driveway. That <laughs> loved that. That was like it was hilarious. I thought you were going to drive off into the sunset and then you just turned into your driveway. <laughs> That's yeah. good stuff, though. If you keep doing it, it gets better over time, too. You know, it's consistency, and it's just, like, mm-hmm. constantly the drive and the want to improve. So, mm-hmm. obviously, you want to, you know, you want to do this because you wouldn't have spent that much money and just wasted it. You do talk about that a lot. You're always just like, um, I bought all this equipment, and I got to use it. I got to have to use it. So, it's a good thing you're using your camera now, and you're using your mic now. But I always see those umbrellas in there. I don't even know what that does. I, don't, I know. I honestly, like, it's... it's- it's now a it's light. A conversation it's a piece. big old light. Yeah, <laughs> it's a potential light. potential clients will be like, "What is that stuff behind you?" Yeah, and then do you talk about the video stuff a lot, like, or are you just I'm like, like yeah, I, I do some videos content? Yeah, I'll talk about it, but then I'm also scared to like have them see some of my YouTube. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but hey, trying to be an open book. I'm a little curious what clients will think of the of the numbers video. Uh, none of them are not going to think anything of it. They won't even pay attention to it. I'll tell you that. It's 11 minutes too, or however long it is. And we're like, I'm not watching this. So hopefully they don't care enough. I mean, I'll bet a lot of accountants look at it. I'll bet a lot of people on Twitter look at it, you know, and and a lot of the people on tax Twitter, because that's, you know, again, not a lot of people talk about that. Some, a lot of people will talk about their top line. And even on the podcast, I'll ask these questions, you know, I'll ask everything that you answered in there. I've already got the answer to your top line was 142, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then your take home was like 83 mm-hmm. and your time spent was about 30 hours of actual work, but mm-hmm. because you don't track your time, you don't really know. Um, yeah. it sounds like you're having a good time doing this. You know, this, this whole endeavor of mm-hmm. I'm going out on my own, I'm leaving. What was the firm that you worked at before? You said you bought some clients from them. Yeah. Uh, it was a small local firm. Okay. Like, they didn't have more than 200 clients. I feel like really small. They had just started like three years prior to me joining them. And the mm-hmm. goal was for me to kind of take over the tax, potentially take over ownership or wow. part ownership of their firm. Nice. My first firm I worked for was called Paget Stradman. So it's funny that you were, oh, wow. you own. Was it Paget? Was it actual Paget? It was services? a Paget. It yeah. wasn't Paget Business Services, Paget wow. Stradman and Co. Uh, oh, okay. Central Texas. But they're yeah, they're now merged with RSM, so they're McGladry. Yeah, yeah. AK McGladry. They went through like five different brands. Doesn't everybody these days like mm. it's? I think in Texas it might be one of the states where you have to use your name, right? As your yeah, name if you start a firm CPA firm, you have to have like I had to have Graph in there somewhere, or maybe I like Logan. Tax Telegraph though. That's uh, yeah, that's a good name. who came up with that? <laughs> I did. I was yeah. just like, I don't know. It's when I worked for this, the previous firm that I bought clients from. And I was like, oh, Graph. And then Telegraph. Telegraph came up and I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of neat. And then if you think about it deeper, like tell what was Telegraph's used for? It was for communicating. And so, and spreading the word. Attacks. So now I'm spreading the word through Twitter youtube now on the telegraph so it's a lot of alliteration there the twitter tax telegraph <laughs> it's um i love the alliteration I you love do the branding stuff this is cool was twitter supposed to be to generate more client buzz 
Was that the initial intent? You're on Twitter a lot or, you know, Mm -hmm. what was the impetus to it? Why, why Twitter over, over some of the others like LinkedIn and all these? It was just to like start a businessy type presence, like a professional, almost networking type presence, maybe even marketing arm of what I was doing. I'm looking at Twitter right now and I joined or my tax telegraph was in February, 2019. And so I've been on Twitter for a while before that, but my professional account was in 2019. Now you say professional with one quote or like <laughs> you did the little air quotes, right? It's definitely is not it really professional. professional. Yeah. No. I mean, but is that the point though? Isn't that the point? It started, like, I think it started that way just to talk about taxes. And I think I found other professionals on Twitter in my old account. And I was like, okay, I need to brand, re, kind of rebrand this a little bit. And so mm-hmm. tax telegraph is going to be like the, the blogging arm almost of, of the company that I worked for before. And so it just, it just, I use that. Ah, the communications bit. Yeah. That's that's how we're going to communicate to the clients and potential clients. And so started Twitter and then it just kind of evolved into some, like something else. Like, and now it's it's spiraled upward. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) like it's its own brand, but I would like you to know, Jason would like you to know he hasn't posted about this. And I think because he's scared if he does that, I'll get more more followers again. Because for the longest time... You're going to drop here. For the longest time, I had more followers than Jason. And he's been chasing me for like the last year trying to catch up. And he finally did like last week. But he would text me. He's like, 35 to go (laughs) or like two to go (laughs) that's uh that's awesome though there's a competitiveness to it right it's like the competing um that i was talking about like the stuff in high school like it's Mm -hmm. almost like who's the alpha who's the alpha of twitter the alpha he's the alpha now but doesn't it push you as well if you know that he's chasing you 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 want to get more followers too time to do a campaign and just unleash blow him out the water yes but I was like, it was before, it was right when I was about to release my, my numbers video. And I was, I, I was about to go out of town for a while. And I had, I was like, I'm making it a goal to release this video before I go out of town. Cause Jason's about to pass me up. And if I release this video, I know it's going to help give me some like space. It won't last for long, but it'll give me some space. And I did, and that video blew up and I got like <laughs> a decent amount of followers. And so I got a nice cushion and every it's not all about followers but it's just funny like how it's me and jason kind of played that game i mean to a degree it is and to a degree it's not right so Mm -hmm. part of it is the fun of the game and and kind of like going head to head who's going to be the first to hit ten thousand? i'm sure that's like a um something that you guys have going on in your heads oh no i I didn't even think about that who's the first to 10k yeah like that's we your can next, do that. Yeah, that's your next challenge, I think. Because you're, you're both at like seven. I just looked. It's like, I think he's a little bit beyond you right now, right? 76, yeah. 666 is, is what he I has have right 76.54. So he's barely skirting barely by. Inching. That is so like, um, it's funny, right? Like it, it's almost like one of you is going to have to do something really big or in, 
it, like to differentiate because right yeah. now it's almost like the same people are probably following you both and that's that's why it's saying so similar it's his You're gonna content have to do something big his youtube channel i think is fun- funneling to his twitter and so now i need to funnel twitter to my youtube and and but now he has a podcast up. that's funneling from the podcast to the youtube to the twitter look at this like this is the flywheel here it's very it's niche space. podcast oh yeah like aren't he, all podcasts very niche though he's got a super niche youtube as well so that's my only saving grace is like if i can hit it with the general public on on youtube well, should be able to pass you got a face YouTube. for the general public keep up that um <laughs> keep up appearances right keep the hair going oh keep up the um bring the mustache back and you know what you look like on there thomas hayden church if you look at him <laughs> with a mustache on one of his movies definitely it's almost like i, I feel like you took the picture from there i don't know you, I, you didn't he's, but from the he's like glance. a very serious looking he's a looking good actor guy. i like what he's i like it's the stuff that yeah. he's in that That's one, the, okay, my Twitter, yeah, I guess my Twitter profile picture is pretty well, serious. Yeah. So, yeah. let's not get off the rails here. So, we've got um, we got the race to 10K. The YouTube. It's on. It's on, Jason. You're going down. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> the YouTube channel, though, like, uh, all of these things, part of it's fun, right? You say it's not about followers, but it kind of is. You got uh, close to 10,000 followers. I, I don't know if you've ever even looked at it but i'm sure most of your followers are you know cpas or generally in this whole yeah you know venue so there's a lot you can do with that to help others jason Mm -hmm. said he met you through twitter right like early days i guess he was looking at your following and he you know you must have you must (laughs) have had a big head start on him how can i use this guy to get oh no did he latch on to you is that what happened he latched on to you and now it's almost like you latching on to him no i wouldn't say that no he didn't yeah we're we're busting him Uh, i know i was a big jason cheerleader from from the start i still am yeah we all are yeah he's very authentic in his stuff and i feel like anybody that has that that gets that and sees that knows that He's just a guy that was doing stuff in his garage yeah. him back in January. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that's, that's what's coming across for you too. It's like, it's, it's pretty authentic. You know, you probably need a steady hand to make mm. it a little bit smoother. I can give you some critical or critiques on all of it, but Please you're only going to learn by doing. Yeah. You're only going to learn by doing. So the YouTube stuff, what's the intention there? Do you hope to make some money doing it like on the side, like is advertising or is that, that in the cards too? Yeah, I want a big following. I know that that sounds very selfish. That's all right. But I want to. I just want to make people like smarter when it comes to taxes. I want people to understand more what's going on. And so I think my like my vision for it is to really be pioneering the tax landscape. I do. I'm doing that that through Twitter, one tweet at a time, but also yeah. one video at a time through YouTube. So I haven't really pushed much tax related content out there i want to i i have you my read capacity atomic habits have you read i started habits? it and i was like i kind of do this already some of it and i was like then i just stopped reading it so i should probably finish it me and twyla recorded three hour long episodes series of twyla verhelst from fresh books we did mm-hmm. a series on atomic habits we're going to do book reports for accounting high fresh Sweet. book reports yeah and and atomic habits was the first one and we went through from cover to cover almost like just 
talked about it as it relates to anything that we do as, as professionals and accounting professionals. But I think that there's elements of that that you could pick up on, especially, you know, if you want to improve, you mm-hmm. know, building the habit of just creating videos, even though it's some of it's not going to be good initially, just keeping up with the cadence to grow and push yourself as a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, uh, so then it goes into like the affiliate or the partnership revenue, right? So Jason's community pays, paid me to do some stuff. Okay. And so I was the librarian at first. I d- so I did some services for, for Realize. I just didn't know what to call it. I, I wanted to call it something than other income because people were like, what the heck what is other, other income? income? Yeah. And so I had to make some affiliate kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I just said affiliate partnership income. <laughs> so yeah. I was partnered with Realize in a way. But that's cool. Third party. I'm not. Yeah. He, well, yeah. That, I think you could you could call that affiliate or partnership stuff with um, brands if you were to have sponsors on your YouTube channel or on different things. I mean, if eventually, like, what are you using? UltraTax or, or Pro Series? UltraTax. Yeah. UltraTax, yeah. yeah. I'm not, or, I'm not, I haven't even thought about monetizing Twitter yet. I'm not even close to monetizing my YouTube, in my opinion, just because I'm so small now. But I need- well, I don't think it's about monetizing it. A lot of people ask me, like, why are you even doing this? Why do you spend so much time doing it? And hmm. part of it is to, you know, it's it's a it's an outlet, right? It's something else to do. It's something more to give you a little bit more depth and define you as a person too. But it also feeds the beast of like the creative mm-hmm. aspect that a lot of us have mm-hmm. buried in us, you know. And yeah, and you and started. Gets- That's like the biggest thing is actually starting it. Yeah. Do you wish you had started like years before? Well, I can't wish that, right? If I could have done all of it over again, maybe I would have done this differently or that. Starting at very young, uh, I mean, I'm almost, I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years. So kind of late in doing all these things. The podcast, like, I don't know if I could have done it at any other time because it, it had to start from the ground up. I had zero following. Nobody knew who I was and nobody knew what I was doing. The thing with the creativity, like the creative social media stuff is like, you, if you're going to start, you start now. Like, don't wait. And I think that's good right. that you started. I wish I started YouTube a long time ago because sure. it's, it's like a, it's like the snowball and it's like a small snowball for a really long time, but it'll, it'll eventually get there mm-hmm. if you keep trying and keep working yeah. at it. It'll, it just takes a while. Well, you can only grow and nurture one thing at a time. I, f- I feel like you can really only grow one thing at a time. And I feel like like with, with Jason, he works on his Twitter and then ports it over and is working on his YouTube. And now he's working on the podcast. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. kind of growing, but he's not really trying to grow his firm. He's trying to grow his profitability margins. But mm-hmm. he's, he said this openly, like he's not trying to grow his top line. So how about for you? You're trying mm-hmm. to grow a business do you find that that's why he has more followers than you? Because you've been at it this whole year of growing your business and you grew it to above a hundred thousand in your first year, right? If you lean in more to promote your brand as tax telegraph and promote it to be client facing, then you're going to be able to feed both beasts and grow that. Mm -hmm. But then will it be as fulfilling if you're growing it with general business owners than peers, you know, like if Mm -hmm. you're just growing people that could be potentially clients, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's probably yeah the the energy where I put things that I, I'm definitely tied up in my business a lot. No, that's great. 
that's a great thing to think about. And I, I need to make that decision. And it's like, how do I separate Twitter tax telegraph from YouTube tax telegraph? Can they be different things? Because they can't. Yeah. That's the thing where I no, do want to have an identity crisis. I, <laughs> I have, uh, yeah. I have considered all of those things and I've, I've met with the rapping CPA who has like three different names that he goes by <laughs> on, on YouTube and on Twitter. And it's just like, it becomes all mediocre or all kind of like middle ground and nothing becomes that good. I think you can really make something really good if that's where your head's at. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, right now, you know, you got a young family, you're, you've got a pretty solid base to start with. If you rolled everything into, I'm doing this to grow a bigger business, then it all becomes part of your thought process. When you decide to do something, mm. it's because you're going to get more clients out of this or, mm -hmm. or you're going to attract more employees to eventually work for you and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So that's just, um, yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Just where my head's at as far as a, um, consultative, uh, approach there you're my about, you're um, my mentor man you're, you're mentoring uh, me right it's now it's just uh you're yoda you're yeah. yodoing me right <laughs> ah yeah i need some yoda i, I need some I've, yeah oh, you could be my padawan right now yeah i i need a little bit of that too for the social aspects i'm gonna i'm gonna cue you for questions in a minute but let's let's finish up this uh thought here so the firm what's your big goals like where do you see this firm and five or 10 years it's weird because i like it's almost like changing every week because sure some some weeks i'll be like man i want to grow this firm to be big like not like huge huge but you know have managers have a decent amount of employees and you know hit maybe maybe hit over a million and gross mm -hmm. that'd be awesome and then sometimes i'm like oh god that's so much work to get there. Like I can coast right now and live a pretty decent life without all that. So I, I'm like torn between the two because I, I do need to grow a little more on my business, but do I keep the faucet on the fire hose on and just grow, 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 grow? Or do I just kind of like cap it and roll with, you know, kind of the solo, they call them like boutique firm now or mm -hmm. lifestyle firms. Do I well, do I run with been, that? Yeah, that's a, that's a cute yeah. way of saying oh, or that's that's somebody's way of saying oh, that's cute. You've got a lifestyle <laughs> firm, right? Like it doesn't feed your ego for sure. Like mm. if you if somebody says that, it should be more of like a uh, <laughs> feeds theirs and in, in in a lot of ways. So yeah, if I could relate this to the guest we had last week, he's articulated it similarly. He's been at this for a little while. He just wrote a book too. And he's making a decent living, but he realized one day he talked to somebody who had a $1.5 million firm and asked them how much they were making. They were making about 200, give or take 240, whatever it is. And then he realized he was making about that much as a solo lifestyle boutique firm. Hmm. So if you frame it as being about money and not growing something, then you, he, you could be really happy just doing that and then grow other things too mm -hmm. right and then not have to worry about because he says he's not a good manager not a manager of people i can say from my experience i was not a very good manager of people early on and I'm, my firm's at 1.5 million now 
I'm I'm currently making more than 200. I'm making about I, I should I, I've already cleared 300 for the year. Awesome. So we'll, you have uh, cleared 300k. And I haven't done anything wow. this year either. And I've owned it for about 12 years. We got to 1.2 million, or we hit a million in 2016. So it was a lot of work, but it didn't take that long, considering, you know, with the tools that were at hand and then the cloud computing and what the software can do and the amount of clients you could take on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're able to grow a firm to a million, and there's some good, decent playbooks and definitely plenty of people out there that have done it. Mm-hmm. that could help you along the way but it's a matter of what do you want like i think to me it was feeding my ego to grow it to be this big and to have 10 employees to you know do mm-hmm. all of these things that i saw others doing that i wanted to do part of it was a sense of accomplishment part of it was feeding my ego and now i've detached myself i'm reading a book called ego is the enemy and i think that's a that's a mm-hmm. killer killer book for me because mm-hmm. i need it <laughs> i need it like it's mm-hmm. and so just getting there and the, the run to get there was a lot of hours, a lot of time. I could have never grown an audience and grown a firm at the same time. Mm. So it's about what do you get more fulfillment from, right? Do you get fulfillment or is it just to make money? Is the, is the tax thing and the growing the client base, is it to be a better provider for your home? Like your wife doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? So the same with me. My wife you know, has, has not worked since we've been together or since our daughter was born our earliest. So to me, it was always about providing, but I defined myself with the work and I would work all hours. I mean, it was, uh, it was during tax season. It was normal for me to work all night, one night a week, oh, Wow, one night a week, almost all night. So, and I just had that inner drive though to do that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So if I could give you some advice, it may not always change once you finally decide what you want to do but you're doing you're already doing it right in just in one way or another you're growing it but then you got to figure out what does it what do you want it to look like Mm because then every other decision you make will take you there right yeah my goal is to make the a decent amount of money with working the least amount as possible all right (laughs) All right. So it it depends on how you define work, right? Like, because do you consider Twitter or the YouTube stuff work? No, that stuff is too, too fun. Too Too much fun. Yeah. So what if you can make fun work? I don't know what that means, but that's where, that's where my head's at these days is how much time do I want to spend actually working versus doing this podcast? And then when it turns into, wait, technically like that's work Mm. and doing podcasts stuff is now kind of work and i don't enjoy it as much when it's about the money when it's about growing an audience or about having these conversations like right now this is not work Mm -hmm. to me i could i could do this all day i could talk all day i could record five times a week and i'd be happy um if i could make money doing that if i could make money doing that that's what i'd want to do yeah so, you know, you hey, got to think about that. I'm going to be a YouTuber. <laughs> I'm quitting my job. You know, but you're not, though. You've got to feed the beast, right? Like, I can't sell my firm because then I have no authority to talk to you about any of it. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of authority figures that... That don't have firms? I've been there and done that. And now they're just... Yeah, but... 
you're not at the stage where you've been there and done that yet, right? You're still learning to a large degree. Yeah. But what does be, being there even mean? Like, have you gotten to the point where, you know what, I could run a $300,000 practice, have an employee or two, maybe none, and still be happy and still do the YouTube stuff? That gives you a lot of authority because you're still practicing. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, Jason has authority because he's, you know, the partner of a big firm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he always, yeah. that's where, that's what feeds his ideas. That's what feeds the beast for him is practical examples of things. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. if he wasn't dealing with the IRS and all kinds of crazy, <laughs> would he have come out with the video that it was like the, the funny stuff that we all deal with all the time <laughs> about IRS agents, you know, like, um, if he didn't have people knocking on his door, trying to interrupt him and people, ca- clients calling him, <laughs> he wouldn't have, he wouldn't be coming up with these videos. Right. That's true. It's a duality of being able to balance both too. And, and, mm-hmm. and tip, tip our hats to him for being able to do this, you know, making it seem effortless. I'm, it's not effortless for sure. And I think, you know, that Yeah. like some things might come easy initially, but then the, the road to 10,000 is not easy, you know? Yeah. And I'm just going back to the 10,000, the 10K. Yeah, the, the 10K. The 10K followers. Once you pass that, you don't, doesn't it become a K on the Twitter, like number of followers, and it'll say 10K and not it won't <laughs> list out the whole thousand? Maybe. That might be for a million. I don't know. Might be for 100. Uh, 100,000. <laughs> I'm not sure. Dude, so, yeah. Stay tuned. I, t- I told Jason there's one thing I have left to try to like surpass him. And what is it? It's like, how can I use my body oh. to bring more viewers? But then I don't know if I want to go there. Well, if you go there, then it has to be tongue in cheek. It's got to be a sleight of hand where it's a joke. And that's what makes it good. If you do it seriously, <laughs> then some people will be turned off by it. And I mean, and that is a complete of, joke. I am not I serious. I'm not being, no, I need. I need the people listening to know, like, I'm not that person. <laughs> I've been working out since I was 15. Like, I have to work out. I'm a skinny guy. If I oh, don't. really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, you got to keep up with that, though, too. Doesn't that turn into, doesn't it get a little flabby if you don't oh, work yeah. out? Oh, yeah. Once I turned yeah. 30. It's harder. became a dad. How old I was are like, you, Logan? I'm 31. 31. All right. When, but once you turn 30, it's like, you, you really tell your metabolism is slowing down because you're like, oh, crap. Like, the stuff that I ate during the weekend is now, like, showing. I'm sorry we're talking about this on your podcast, on your accounting podcast. So we talk about everything but accounting on my podcast, especially when I'm host. Like, Let's I, talk about because, accountants and bodies. Yeah. Well, that's, that wasn't, that's not the intention, but it's always what ends up coming out. Like, Let's talk about the typical accountant's body. So my other tip for your for your (laughs) youtube channel is gonna be you know you gotta lean into the funny there's a balance of education and entertainment that i'm trying to tap into that i'm trying it's a delicate Mm -hmm. dance it's a tightrope walk of how can i keep it entertaining so people don't get bored but also provide valuable content Mm -hmm. and to me that was always in the co-host or the guest i think ours is we're just around for an hour here but it's been fun (laughs) but it's you know i I enjoy the conversation and if i enjoy it then i would hope that listeners do too my idea is like to have a deep conversation that's going to keep them engaged and and they feel like they're in the room too it's an asynchronous Mm. conversation 
you know, people can may listen to this and then come up to you later and then say, oh, you know, and then talk about it like they're familiar with it. And if it's something that you said, you know, you know, you know what they're referring to. May I have your attention, please? Is that Nicole? Hey, Scotty. <laughs> we got a caller on the line. Miss Nicole McKenzie of Momentum Accounting. And she's going to talk to us about Go Proposal, a product she's been using for several years now. Yes, I love Go Proposal. It changed my life. It will change your life because literally you're going to make more money. Price consistently and end scope creep. Go Proposal is the only pricing and proposal software exclusively for accountants and CPAs. There's tons of proposal softwares out there, but it's actually a pricing tool. You can price based on a client's revenue range or the number of bank accounts, the number of employees. Since we brought on Go Proposal, I've been able to delegate sales to someone else on my team. It's really easy to put a together proposal in like five minutes. They say on average, members experience 33% increase in profits by using their pricing tool. Nicole, did you increase your profits after you started using Go Proposal? Absolutely. So the biggest thing is scope creep before go proposal. A lot of times it was a handshake deal. It'd be a fixed fee, but what was included in that was pretty unclear. Go proposal gave us a very good foundation in terms of what the actual scope is. If a client requests something out of scope, we can come back and give them a price for that extra project. So we're not giving them away free work. It makes repricing so much easier because you just go back, change everything based on the current number of transactions, current number of employees, because their volumes probably changed over time. And then it spits out a new number. So it's like really easy to show here's where you were when we started. Here's where you are today. It's that roadmap in a way to anticipate different services that you're going to add on. Consistency in pricing is so important, especially professional services. You're not actually negotiating on the price. You're negotiating on the services. You just reduce the scope and then it can align with their budget. You can still value price, but at least you have the base scope. And then if you want to move it up or down, depending on how price sensitive that you think that prospect is. James Ashford was a magician before <laughs> he was a software developer. And he really was. The sales process is very much a magic trick sometimes. And if you could really wow them and give some showmanship with the proposal, they're more apt to pay more money. You're going to have higher profits. Go check out Go Proposal. Price consistently, sell more confidently, and minimize risk with the client engagement software that enables your accounting business to grow even more profitably. Go Proposal by Sage. Check it out, goproposal.com. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Scott. This is fun. Mm-hmm. So Hello, listener. Like, I'm, glad, I'm glad you've been sitting with us this whole time. And thank you for still listening, if you are. So thank you for still listening. Yeah, shout out to our listeners. <laughs> you know, but these are probably the same people that are watching your videos or that are on Twitter and that see your Twitter. So it's all just an extension of that whole, mm-hmm. you know, that this whole metaverse that we're in, the accounting metaverse or the accounting mm-hmm. multiverse. You know, we got to we got to coin that. Like, accounting high we... is, is is a school or a, a watering hole in the accounting metaverse. Yes, and we so need a better YouTube name channel. for that though. The so accounting is... metaverse. What what can we name it? Then it's the accounting multiverse. In this accounting multiverse, you can learn from your peers. You can go. It's kind of like going to a conference. And in this case, you go to this podcast or this YouTube channel to learn how to use Airtable or whatever other stuff that Stats is doing mm-hmm. this week, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got their places that they can go to learn uh, different things, whatever suits your fancy that day. If you mm-hmm. want to see Logan's numbers, go to his YouTube channel. But that's practical for somebody that's working at, let's say, a larger firm, 
that is just tatted up to here, tired of it. They can go out on their own. That is part mm. of this labor shortage and the crisis in hiring is not that there aren't employees out there. It's that there's people that are just like you that have started their own firm and that have been successful. Why would you need to work for somebody else? Mm-hmm. If you could do this on your own and, it, and it's not easy, you've spent a lot of time in sales now and you're doing things that maybe you were uncomfortable doing and maybe some accountants and some CPAs, like you touched on this earlier, mm-hmm. it's not easy for them to get in front of a potential client and try to sell themselves. It's, it's like a form of prostitution for them. They don't want to sell themselves or, and try to sell their abilities because mm-hmm. they've worked their whole lives to have that master's in accounting and to have that CPA. Why do I have to prove to you who thinks, oh, my taxes are easy? How many times do you hear my taxes are easy? My stuff's easy. Every time. Always. And it's not. Like, there's, that's straight part of the board too. It's relatively straightforward return. Straightforward. Um, I liked the video you did where you were, you were the potential client with um, stats. That was oh, yeah, the collab. Too. Yeah. That was really fun. I don't think he had any idea I was going to show up in a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's cool it. is that that numbers video, like a bunch of people reached out to me like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or, hey, I, you know, I do my own thing, but, you know, I watch this and I want to hear more about this. So just the ability to like encourage people and then have people interact You're a mentor with me. Now and, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Like so many people have, have, you know, fed into me, they call it standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm standing on, I'm definitely standing on Jason's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to love that. I don't know. He, he listens. He's going to absolutely love I that. don't need to because I'm taller than him, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's like so many people. the one thing you'll always have on him. He'll never catch up to you on that. That's right. I got it. I got you, man. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are like, I'm thinking about reaching out or I'm thinking about launching my own firm. You know, what, what's some advice you can give? And so I've been loved on by other professionals that have helped me out in the very beginning. From the very beginning, I don't know if you've seen this, but back in 2020, I asked tax Twitter like, hey, what would you do? Would you go out on your own or... Uh, would you work for someone else for a guaranteed paycheck? And everyone was like, go on, go out on your own. Yeah, I owe it to tax Twitter for for bringing me here. Like, that's the only reason I'm on this podcast, too. So is tax Twitter the reason for the labor shortage in accounting? Can we blame tax <laughs> Twitter? And I, I mean that very seriously. And I think that to a large degree, the answer is yes. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad thing. I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's because people are starting that, their own firms. Like, yes. is that what you mean? Yeah, I think that you know, if you think about it, that takes somebody out of the labor pool. You know, they're not going from firm to firm getting jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, that immediately takes somebody out. Now, there's still the service. The service is there. If you need accounting services or tax services, there's plenty of providers. But for the regional firm that would have hired you after you left the one firm that you left, if you left there and went somewhere else, mm-hmm. they don't have you in that labor pool anymore. And tax Twitter is a breeding ground is the watering hole for a lot of these solo firms. When I've, mm-hmm. since I've been on tax, I mean, I was, I've only been on for like a, since January and the more and more I'm on, the more I can see that a lot of these are firms that are just like you on there. And this is their, it's like the incubator tax Twitter to a degree has it's like the watering hole and it's it's 
the one thing that I hear a lot of secondhand is text Twitter. People are always complaining about their clients. Mm. Care to speak on that? Like, what is that? Is that part of the whole watering hole or like the the grounds where we're safe? We can we can talk about anything here because some people come in as a third party and they're like, "Why are y'all complaining?" Like, I I think I saw something, man. I'm sure you see it too. What is all that about? Yeah, it can it can get kind of toxic. I think I think we just become an echo chamber with each other, and you know we we are in it for three months of the year, and we need an outlet to like release uh, all this stuff that's happening to us during the day, all this client interaction, just because it can be stressful. We just need a re- need a vent. But I understand, like, sometimes it's not okay to, to vent and completely rail on a client. So I've, I'm guilty of that tremendously. I've done it over and over again. I've deleted a lot of tweets uh, talking about clients, and I'm, I'm trying to be better on that. Mm-hmm. I think once you start to get into this negativity spiral, like, it feeds other negativity, like, from yeah, other yeah. people. And it's all of a sudden, it's just like oh, I can't, like, this is overwhelming. Like, guys, we need to chill out and and be more positive because it can get, like, pretty dark real fast. With And it's not, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I just understand because, because of our environment. But, like, it just feeds off each other. Negativity, like, will feed off each other. And, yeah. like, I do think we could probably be a little more chill on that, on that regard. And on that, Twitter. Note, that's why that's why you put out the fun videos, though, too. And that's why you do some like that's why there's people that are that are a beacon of hope for tax <laughs> Twitter. Like I focus on the positive. I've found tax Twitter to be overwhelmingly positive because yeah. I don't focus on the negative, but I feel like that's what ends up in my feed now too. Mm. So if it's somebody that would focus on the negative, that's all they're going to see. And if that's what entertains them, or that's what keeps them going, and that's what fuels them fuels Mm. the fire right doesn't fire fuel fire and it gets even stronger same thing Mm -hmm. with positivity too you know if you're overwhelmingly positive and some people don't like positivity some people get annoyed by it and they're like why the is this guy always so happy like never nothing ever shakes him (laughs) you know i can just be pretty cringy with those videos the dancing it's pretty cringy like oh look at that talking to the king of cringe here No. This, is, this is the guy who came up with stat snacks so this is the that sounds good though i liked it i yeah. like stat snacks that yeah. sounds good that was that was a fun one no I, he he called me cringy a few times during that episode but uh, i i like jason's and well he's kind of anti-cringe but he's he, he has a good sense of humor but he doesn't like to be publicly cringe i am mm. the i'm like the his cringe side on or it's like i'm not afraid to show that you're the cringy, cringy half the i'm the cringy half, half. yeah yeah <laughs> like so, J- jason has a line he you can definitely tell he's a line like he i know he like he has a good sense of humor and personality but i know he limits himself to be more professional on sure. social media and i see that line and i'm just like yeah but that's that was the point (laughs) earlier too you know you almost like intentionally cross that line and you want to do something different too because you can't just be like the person that you're trying to get to a thousand or ten thousand quicker than right you're still competing with him so you got to be different 
Yeah. Um, but so we're, we're, I feel like we might merge into be the same person eventually. Like it seems like you might already be over time. I've never seen the two. Oh, I have seen the two of you in one place in person. Actually, <laughs> oh yeah, that's Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that as a joke, but then I I quickly bit my tongue because the first time I met you or even <laughs> you know knew who you were, I was it was on um it was in person. So so that was odd, and that's a, that's a real that's a statement most people can't say is because I wasn't on Twitter, I didn't know who you were. And he just introduced me, and then I then obviously I found out later. But I'm sure most people know you from Twitter first. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I think yeah. the the group I mean, that the you're 7, with, seven thousand people, right? Half of like, them are bots. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. You know, the, it's it's also that's interesting because I've been meeting a lot of people in real life for the first time, and a lot of them are taller or shorter <laughs> than I would have imagined. But because I met yeah. you in person, I know you're tall. So you've already got that stature for me in, in my head. I can, you know, it's, but then when I meet somebody like Rachel Fish, she's a good example. She's over six feet. She's about wow. six feet. And you would have never thought by, yeah. like, she just acts like she's 5'1". Like, I don't know, but I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know what 5'1 means. I just kind of like, that's what I said to her. And um, I'm sure I'm not the only person who said that. So it's, Yeah. But um, mixing, blending the real life with the online is, is, for me, more palatable because it's real. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's the one thing I can't get out of social media is somebody that doesn't act like at all how they do online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've known people that the shit that they do online, like, you know, I wouldn't even want to associate with them. But in real life, they're a mm-hmm. totally different person. Yeah. So I don't know if you've experienced that before, but the online yeah. stuff. It's, yeah, um, I have to be. I can't be someone else. It doesn't work. Yeah. Well, you can only be you. You know, we were talking about goals. I guess you. I guess you're still trying to figure that stuff out, right? Yeah. Yeah, Scott. Like, where am I headed? Where do I want to go? How much should I grow? Uh, this past tax season. This past spring already halfway through the year like absolutely wrecked me from like a work-life perspective like mm-hmm. i you know i still i still had family time i still got your daughter banging on your glass door yeah. trying to, where's daddy <laughs> i know i still had sundays pretty much off but like you know i worked a, a good day on Dude, saturday you got and, to appreciate the fact that you still understand that you are still working from home and that is a totally different experience than working as much as I did at mm. my office. Mm-hmm. They didn't even see me. At wow. least they're seeing you. And maybe their image of you is going to be working for those months. But I I'm can sure tell. it's not always. Yeah, I can tell. So my my oldest daughter, I was in the office when she was like one to two, I feel like. I think that's about the age. And then I started working from home. But my youngest daughter, I've been here the whole time, and I notice the difference with our relationship. She's only ten months old; she's almost eleven months old. But like, I can tell, like, she'll see me and she'll just come charging for me, like crawling over to me and just wants to see me. But with my other daughter, she like, I feel like she didn't have that connection as much that I do with my youngest daughter because mm-hmm. she just sees me throughout the day. So yeah, working from home has has been a blessing around yeah. that as much as you think that you might be working too much, you still got to build the business. You still got to be the provider. So 
you know, I wouldn't feel guilty about the working, but also, you know, you want to find the balance. And I think mm-hmm. you can do that, right? You're in the position to do whatever you want. You want to start charging clients for the consults, do it, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's going to tell you no. So that that's one thing. The beauty That is the best thing ever, by the way. Yeah. It's, Tell me about that, because I don't even do that. <laughs> it's it's like, okay, I pulled some numbers, and I have a line item just for new client consultations, just to track it. And I've made, where is it, almost 4K in new client consultations this I year. I love it. I'm not I trying to brag it. or anything. No, 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 no. You got to. You you've got to because you can rise up the tide. If everybody does that, then it becomes commonplace. Yeah, the meetings did not slow down, Scott. They I turned it on. Increased to a degree. I, I had to like limit the time when people can meet with me. Also, I'd get nothing done because there's so many people scheduling meetings with me. Even still, after I uh, started charging, and then I bumped up the fee. Uh, it, it would start at a hundred and I bumped it up to one fifty just because I was like, is it gonna slow down? I need I need to slow down and it maybe slowed down a little bit, but charging for a new client consultation should be the standard in my opinion. I will I will boast or I will post about that on Twitter post all day. And post. post and boast. <laughs> Ah, that's a good one. And posting. <laughs> Jot that one down. I like yeah, that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So oof, uh, that might be the title of this episode. Post and boast. <laughs> so Jamie, she started it. I I saw it from her. Jamie O'Kane. O'Kane. Jamie yes. Okay. I think I know. Uh, Abundant Beans. She has a podcast. Oh, cool. She Let's, is. Uh, we are the same type. We're both type ones. We figured it out, and we're like the same personality like kind of frank and she was like kind of my style is like i am charging for these new client consultations because i am i'm an expert in this and i value my time and if you don't i don't want to work with you and so she is a good she's she's pretty niched out i think she works with vets specifically and she charges a lot more for her new client but she does a lot more but i still you know i, I still reviewed past two past two year tax returns and we meet for 35 minutes and that's a good value in my opinion i know the client determines that when they sign up but i will see things in their return that would say that was wrong <laughs> and so you just got a good value for knowing that that return was wrong prepared incorrectly and like between january and april that's another topic. Like, should you even be meeting with new clients between those dates? Just because it's chaos the time. You put up the paywall to think yeah. that you might slow it down. Yeah. And be more intentional with it. I love the paywall idea. Like, this is, you know, I could talk about pricing and all that for days, and I think we can get into that. <laughs> but, you know, I think the um, value yourself. Yeah. yeah. Part of it is, part of it is too, that you definitely weed out all the people that are going to be kicking the tires early on if mm-hmm. you made it five hundred dollars because that is i did make it i did i actually i don't do that anymore but i definitely did to a large degree charge i think we were charging 300 for any initial consult and then we would apply it to something later mm-hmm. after if they decided to come on but if they don't that's it you know it's no refundable you know we're not mm. gonna 
return it. Mm-hmm. But that was all, only to also control lead flow because we were getting too many poor leads. So yeah. we wanted to we wanted to basically see make sure their money was green. You know. Yeah, a lot more stuff. yeses. I'm trying to make it to where almost all the people that see me, it's a yes that we're a good fit. So I have a lot of filters before someone gets to me to make that happen. And that's one of the filters. Like, are you willing to pay someone $150? And if, if you are, then. So do you have it? Do you have a Calendly or how do you have these? Yeah. Tell tell me about that process. Do you have a type form or a calendar? What do you do? So I have a type form on my website and they fill out this form and all the answers get shot into Airtable. It is all scored there, and then they'll get an acceptance or a rejection email, completely automated. And the acceptance email has a Calendly link, and then they'll click on it. It'll the acceptance email basically says, "Hey, thanks for your time. We're a great fit. It sounds like we may be a great fit. You know, I charge we charge for this initial consultation. Here's why. Here's the reasons." And they click on the Calendly link, and they, it takes them to Calendly, and then they have to pay through Stripe. Mm-hmm. Uh, to schedule a meeting and it's it's awesome like, oh i love it it's that, so cool this is such a great pro- this is you've got me at the edge of my seat with this process it <laughs> sounds so great because all inspired have, by jason i i don't even have a good way of categorizing or rating things i just what happens is we have an algorithm algorithm built in there based mm-hmm. on certain criteria so if they answer three questions wrong or they have so i basically did it all on the front end and mm-hmm. if they answer things wrong it doesn't even give them a calendar meeting Yes. So we usually we ask, you know, what are the three top qualities that you that you look for in an accountant? So it's like randomly generated each time. It lists twenty qualities, and they have oh. to top, they have to pick three of them. One of them is low pricing. The other one, there's another buried one that's buried in there that's uh, that will bend the rules, and then. <laughs> Another one that's like just kind of like um, makes them seem very demanding. Like if they picked it, and I, f- I forgot, I'd have to look it up. So if they pick two of those that's out of all the twenty, it kicks them out. So I do something very similar, but it's not as like awesome. So I just well, say order me... order these, and they say it's integrity, quality, or price, and they, I tell them to order them. Or oh, which one? that's just like what I do. Integrity is one of the ones that's picked most on the um, type form. Where I, if I if it is picked of the top three, it's like accountability, integrity. Mm. So this is cool. Like you're, you're basically. But I want to add like, do you? I'll prefer share you. I'll share to, my type form. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'll, get I'll rejected. All listeners going in there, but go to our contact form on our site. <laughs> so Paget NC. I wonder if pe- random people on Twitter somehow find my website and like call me. Well, you wouldn't know, right? If they do a fake number or fake name. Yeah, because um, I'll just get voicemails that are just completely silent all the so time. So here's the thing. On the, <laughs> maybe maybe that happens. I don't know. Maybe, or some breathing. They'll just be breathing. Yeah. It could just be Jason. <laughs> it could just be him <laughs> trying to piss you off. But he's somebody on Twitter, so that's, there's that. So, you know, your um, initial process and filtering through clients that way, you are going to only deal with qualified leads, which increases your capacity to handle them to begin Mm -hmm. with and also it makes it easier for you to have a conversation with somebody because you're dealing with a base level of intelligence and humanity Mm. for the people that do make it past those that those certain gauntlets right like somebody Mm -hmm. that's willing to pay 150 bucks which isn't that much but there's a lot of people that think 
$150 for a tax return, right? Like your early <laughs> prices, that was what you were charging for a return, wasn't it? Four f- it was like 400 Okay, yeah. But it's still, it's more than a, a 25%. It's like a third, like my new client fee, new client consultation fee is like a third at least of of my first fee when I started out. So, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, this is all this is all just kind of feeding into becoming the model firm, right? And you know, it's going to be constant feedback loops and the fact mm-hmm. that you're already interacting with a lot of people on a high level, people that have been doing this for a while, um that only makes you better, but it also helps you identify the people that you can help at the early stages cuz even yeah. though you've only been at this alone for a year, you know, a year is a long time, especially if you immerse yourself in the social realms of social media mm-hmm. and you connect with the right people. It's, it could feel overwhelming. Do you ever get that overwhelming over sense of overwhelm sometimes? Yes. Last summer was that I was like, I want to do more than just tax work. I want to do business accounting work too, cash stuff. But I was like, I have no idea where to start. And there's so much to do. There's all these softwares everywhere. I was like, I got the paralysis, like, what's yeah. it called? Like Analysis you know, paralysis. Yeah, it's just like, I like froze and just couldn't do anything. I couldn't like progress just because I was like. I feel you. I was yeah. like, I don't know what to do next. And I was almost luckier <laughs> in that sense because not, all, not everything was out back then when I started. So mm. it was easier. It was less overwhelming because we had majority of our clients were taxed. And mm-hmm. then we started to do more, and we didn't even call it cast then. It was just still write-up work. You know, we were doing cash basis, a lot of cash basis of bookkeeping for the tax return. And mm-hmm. our client base now is just consists of 110 clients, 105 maybe, and that's it. They're all wow. paying us over 800 monthly. So wow. it's about over oh $800 gosh, a month. And that's, that's my whole business pretty much. You know, then there's some that are paying like 1200 1500 depending on the client. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, they're, um, to a large degree, it took a lot of time and a lot of churn to get there, too. So if you're intentionally taking on the right clients, I don't know how I shifted over to this, but, you know, you're talking about feeling overwhelmed. God, it happens all the time. For me, mm-hmm. like, it happens all the time. That's why I don't focus on the firm as much, and that's why I feel like I can be a an assistance to people because once I do get back into that, I'm going to want to do 12 different things to improve the firm. So when I do put mm-hmm. my head in there, it overwhelms the team. My staff doesn't <laughs> like it when I want to change things. Like I, I wanted to, you know, dive into doing more forecasting. That means we got to do more accrual based books. That means we got to start doing more cash flow forecasting. And, mm-hmm. and then I got to hire new people. And there's just all of these steps that the first step along the way is trying to get somebody to change how they do what they do. If I want my employees doing forecasting and, and looking at cash flow, they're going to have to be a lot more analytical and inquisitive with people, but accountants generally want to give answers and mm-hmm. they want to, you know, they, they want to be the ones that say, here's what you should do, or this is what already happened. And not here's what you should do, but here's how much you owe this year, or here's how much you're going to owe, you know, and this is, and these are facts. This is the tax law. This is what you can, can't do. You know, it's these, reactive. Yeah. Yeah. More than proactive. So, you, you know, that's where I have to start. And then I realize, well, if you want to hire a good CFO or a good 
financial advisor or finance finance person, it's going to be over 100K a mm. salary. Easy. And that's why. Because they're comfortable with the unknown. They're comfortable projecting things. And, and th- this, is, this is down the road. I'm just kind of giving you a heads up for when you do get there. As you're doing more books, mm-hmm. you're going to start realizing, well, then the real money is in mm. advisory. Well, what's advisory, you mm-hmm. might ask. You know, and advisory is everything. You know, <laughs> tax planning is advisory for some people, mm-hmm. you know, and tax planning is just planning their withholdings. So, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of advisory you could do, but I like the idea that you're going to get into doing more books, but, you know, patience mm-hmm. and perspective too. And again, it's, you know, it's about learning and pacing what you can start doing. Yeah. And, baby steps. That, that's somewhere where I'm at right now. Baby but you steps. want to look at your base. And make sure that you're building the right base too. Mm-hmm. Like if most of it's individual tax and you enjoy doing this and you like doing it, and you want to keep doing it. It's hard to do two things at once. Like for you to just be growing mm-hmm. a tax practice and then growing a bookkeeping practice, your tax practice is going to suffer a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. we talked about, like the growing one or more than one thing at a time. So yeah, there's um, a lot to be said there. Let's uh, let's scope back out. So who should I follow on Twitter? And who are some good guests uh, that that could come on? Uh, we've been talking about her already, Jamie. Jamie, actually, I got Garrett coming on. Garrett Alexander. Oh, and, um, he reminds me of you. I was going to have him come on on the same episode as you. I thought that would be fun, but then it would also yeah. just take away from that too. He so him, me, and Jason. I feel like we're very similar on different parts path. of the globe too right like yeah he's east coast i'm the central and jason mm-hmm. is west i know there's others that are like us as well but similar age you know we have families growing young families like own yeah. we have our, our own firms um and he yeah, came from he, like a similar situation where he was working at a firm and then you know started his own mm-hmm. he's doing it with a partner um, he's he's awesome yeah garrett's yeah. cool i want to hang out more with garrett he said he might come up here and do it in person because he wants to get high with me. So that would be fun. <laughs> I'm going to be Rogan. So I got a, um, I, I got an aspiration to be like Joe Rogan to just invite people to come on and they have to fly to me and uh, we'll do it in person. So I bet people would fly to you. I, I hope so. That's yeah. an aspiration. So um, stay tuned for that. That's going to be the accounting high. I'll be the proctor. I'm looking through my feed of anyone that that's popping out. So what could I do to grow my following on Twitter? What are some tips? Yes. Be an extension of yourself. It's kind of what I talked about earlier. So uh, be yourself, but also don't be normal. <laughs> um, I think I got that covered. Both yes, of those. You, you are, yes, definitely. You have, you have your own voice, that's for sure, on Twitter, which is awesome. Thank don't you. be afraid to stir the pot a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, be a little controversial okay. in a respectable manner. Do things that get get other people's attention. Post a lot of memes. Memes, really? Just meme it up, man. So what do you do to make memes? How do you make a meme? It it just comes to you. And all of a sudden, like you're once you're like in the meme verse, 
Uh, I feel like I make a lot of real life memes. So I, lo- I make a lot of jokes. <laughs> jokes are memes, right? Like yeah. all I got to do is put a background of a picture yes. and words to it. And it's like cartoons. So memes yeah. are our funnies, our, our Sunday strips, <laughs> yeah. our Sunday cartoons. It's coming around full circle. Like, yeah, that's what memes are. Like you'll start to think in memes. It's It's like messed up once you like, once you're around memes enough. Got to do more memes because my trailers are too long. I don't even think people are watching my trailers. All right? they, don't, they, don't, they don't get as much push. But I'm trying to drive more traffic to the podcast. So if I can drive more traffic to the podcast with a meme from the guest, maybe I can make a meme of this episode. And it really, it's just a comic strip. Like if I had a... Um, <laughs> it, it's just facial expressions and like general mm-hmm. human understanding of a situation. And then, Relate. Yeah. My best posts are when people relate to you yeah uh are are relatable Relatable. so i know it's a banger of a tweet when when other people can relate to it and i will specifically think about okay how can i find the situation and have other people relate to it and then i'm going to post about it and then it'll get a a lot a lot of likes do you ever get ones that you think are going to get a ton of likes and they don't get any oh yeah it's so terrible. Like, I'll be like, this is the best ever. And, and it'll get like 10 likes and it's completely demoralizing. It's like, am I funny? Am yeah, I funny man. Like, like, I thought this I was funny. My, I, I question my own judgment <laughs> when I post something and I, and maybe sometimes I'm too high to even think that it's, to even know that it's not good. But I think something's really good. I think I got it. This is it. This is going to get 100 likes and nothing. Crickets. Mm. cricket sometimes no likes i'm at that point i'm at that early stages i got yeah. to 400 something i know that when i was talking with you earlier this year i probably only had about 100 so you got 400 um, viewers now or twitter no followers followers yeah, sorry actually mixed it's, up. It's, it's almost the same though too like per episode we're getting about 400 as well so it's wow like, I, I wonder if that's going to be linear or not i don't think so it doesn't seem like it's linear thing because not a lot of people listen to podcasts, but I had more listeners than I had followers to begin with. Like that was what was weird too. So yeah, be relatable. That's the, that's the biggest key for getting engagement. Like it could be the most boring thing, but if it's relatable, like when everyone was dealing with the IRS burning stuff, Mm. I made that meme. Did you see it? The the Anakin Padme meme. Oh yeah, 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 that you created that one. Yeah, oh, I make them cool. all. I bro. thought I thought it was daily tax memes. Who is that guy? Do you who know is daily that tax guy? Meme? I don't know. I want to know who too. I'm gonna try to get him on the. Podcast. Who are they? Who he or she? Right? Like, yeah, um, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. I don't good. Know. What is so so? Sometimes he gets he's like uh, a rabble rouser though. Sometimes, um, I, and I always think it's a he because I think Andy Dwyer from because that was his uh icon for a while <laughs> the so way always, the person cringes at my videos makes me think it's a guy because yeah I, I, th- I took a shot back at him on one of your videos yeah. because he did the i think it was the obama thing and then he said why and i said why not like it was something like that that was fun that would um, be an interesting person because they yeah. i know they own their own firm maybe they'll just use a voice changer the whole time so because if what if they're a well-known person I'll allow it. Yeah, they they may be a, a well known person in the community, and they mm. just have it a non account. So yeah, anon that that's what it is too. So yeah, so I got a lot to learn. I'm gonna 
keep trying to grow my following for any any listeners out there. People follow love memes. Tax Telegraph and get a drone. Got Scarano. That yeah. might help your followers. Is it really going to help my followers a drone? I don't. I, I don't think know. That, I think you should get the drone. I think I wanted to talk about it, but I'd actually like to see you do something with it first and actually get it. Did you even buy it, or did you just take I don't a picture have one. and try to get a poll? You were at the I, store the other day. Yes, I was at Costco last Friday, last Friday, and I was like, "There's a drone," yeah. and so I took a picture of it. Well, um, you are what you pay attention to. You're probably paying attention to <laughs> it more, and that's one thing one. that Stats doesn't have yet, right? He, he doesn't, doesn't have, have a drone. drone. But once but he, you get one, you know he's going to get one. You know, know he'll do it. He'll do it. I don't know if he will. He's he going to have fun with that. He'll. What, what, he's got to master the podcast world first. He just bought a bunch of podcast equipment, so he's got new. He mic probably should though. He he probably should get a drone. Oh yeah, if you, it, that would be awesome. That would be dope. He's got two cameras. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a drone. That'd be awesome if I had it in time for Vegas. I'm no, I don't know if I'm going to Vegas yet, but I'll be there. I'll one thing out if, if I do go. Uh, could you fly drones in Vegas? I'd probably get in trouble if I was flying a drone there. It seems like it'd be a I'll bet sketchy you, place. You definitely could. If you got a hotel room that's out on a hotel, <laughs> nobody's going to stop you, dude. You could do it from the hotel. That would be amazing. That would be so cool. I mean, you'd have to risk the loss of it because the wind uh, could take it. You yeah. know? The wind yeah. could take it from that high up there, but then again, you know, it could be worth it. <laughs> it could be worth getting some good shots of Vegas. Think about that. That actually would be a really cool idea. That would be um, cool. Well, keep it going. Keep up the hard work. <laughs> keep up the good work. We definitely went uh, longer than I thought we would. So Sorry. I'm going to, don't apologize. It'll be a 20 cool. minute video. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. With what's actually go. worth it. Yeah. You're out yeah. there. You put yourself out there. I love it. That's why I reached out to you. That's why I wanted to have you on. I Thanks, think man. Um, we had a good conversation here. And uh, it was yeah, fun. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. We'll have to have you on again. I need to hang out more. Thanks, Logan. All right. Have a good one. Big Wave Dave, crashing back. This one goes out to the tax practitioners. Oh, uh, ain't afraid of the biggest gang in the U.S., known as the IRS. I get paid to represent. When you're under duress, I assure you that I'm heaven sent. I am the best. I'm more clever than the letter that's been scaring your moms. Shaking in the kitchen, she was feeling strong on, but no need for alarm. The treasury has long been afraid of me. Circular 230. So damn good that I'm feeling kind of dirty. Big brother gonna try the best to turn me, or the halls of power gonna wanna try and burn me. Cause I'm the best in the biz. Internal revenue codes got a thousand loopholes, and I gotta memorize tabulated. When you get that refunded, be elated. Crying big wave Dave, I didn't wanna tell you I was kind of afraid. I didn't want mother getting locked away. How did it turn out that everybody's getting paid? <laughs> I told you, I'm that good. Share the wealth, spread the money around.
own. Ain't afraid of the biggest gang in the U.S. known as the IRS. I get paid to represent. When you're under duress, I assure you I am heaven sent. I am the best. Ain't afraid of the biggest gang in the U.S. known as the IRS. I get paid to represent. When you're under duress, I assure you I am heaven sent. I'm the best. Big Wave Dave, taking care of your tax problems. Um... <laughs>